Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of The Black Press Furnace with me, Robert. With me, Pete. Man like Mo, coming out in HD and that. HD what? <laughs> High definition sound, Adobe. Know them ones there. Yeah? I changed up my mic, guys, so hopefully it sounds it sounds better. Yeah? Curtis, you're the missus, but give God thanks. Amen. So I'm trying to get some, some extra points before bedtime today. Why is upstairs? She's not hearing anything that I'm saying. See? We don't all need an ulterior motive to give out to give our partners compliments, Robert. Says who? <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who says that has lied to themselves. <laughs> Do you know what? It reminds me of a film I was watching, yeah? A kid goes to kindergarten and her dad, his dad comes to pick him up and in the conversation somehow the dad was like oh that kid's ugly and the kid is like oh we don't we don't say that um beauty's beauty's on the inside and then the dad goes nah that's just what ugly people say stress we're in the sixth month of the year already mm. Mm. that's crazy whole six months in it is going fairly quickly actually considering yeah. Do, you ever, do you ever look back and feel like you waited like all these months? All the time. Like pandemic was supposed to be, you know, lockdown. Lockdown was supposed to be cocoon session. Everyone's supposed to go in a caterpillar come out of butterfly. We came out with just a few extra pounds and that's it. Great. <laughs> but you know what? I've, I've actually, since the beginning of lockdown, I've really been intentional about pushing against that um, notion of just like coming out like the Chuck Norris of whatever I was doing or anything like that. Like I really tried to push against that. And I think now, more so now, I am I am really mindful of what I have to do as opposed to what I haven't done. Um, okay. So for me, yeah. it's, it's kind of shifted. It was like, oh, these are the things that I want to do. And so it was like getting a mind state into like daily chipping away at different things. Mm. Um, and creating like habits in which I'm daily chipping away at things as opposed mm. to ah, oh, yeah. So it hasn't hasn't really hit me as much, mm. thankfully. That is good. Cool. Hot so, seat. What about you, Robert? What about you, though? Oh yeah, what? I I look back and think, oh, what that time I could have been doing X Y Z. Yeah. Will it make me change the future? No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least I don't have Alzheimer's. So I can I can still look back and be upset with the time I wasted. Amen. You need to find the silver lining. Yeah, you know, like that. <laughs> cool. So, hot seat. Hot seat. Who's in the hot seat this week? Well, hot seat last week. I think Will was. I was in the hot. In the hot no, I was in the hot yeah. seat last week. So let's yeah. let's just say Robert can be in the hot seat this week. All right. Let's go. Cool. Okay. I've got another random fun one. Okay. Last week I gave I gave more fairly easy one, so I'll finish it off with this one, and next week I'll come with that fire. Um, but Robert, Mo 
you get a call that Mo and I are in prison. What are we in prison for? Um, Mo, Mo's in prison for tax evasion. <laughs> what? What? Is that what you think of me? <laughs> I thought it was going to be like GBH, which, which is what everyone says. Uh, I think Peter's more likely to be GBH. <laughs> so I'll tell you what I thought. I'll tell you what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say GBH for ball. I thought you were going to say downloading movies illegally. <laughs> Copyright came down on you, boy. I still don't believe that people actually get sent to prison for downloading movies illegally. No, it's the servers. It's the people that actually distributes that are more of, a, more of an issue for people that are grabbing it. There's too many and it's too little for, for that sort of um, that sort of effort. So. Yeah, they, they rather save the, the prison cells for, for the real crimes, like selling weed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alright, that's that's me. I'm happy. With Peter, I would actually say GBH, but very specifically like um protecting the honor of someone he he, he loves. No so that would be a very no. specific one, like No. I think <laughs> no. I, I think Peter will be on the road one day and the driver will like just catch the bad side of him. <laughs> and Peter Peter won't swing the first punch, but he'll swing the last. Um, he will put all, all of his grappling, grappling exercises to, to good use. So I, le- I just learned this last week. <laughs> this is a good time to practice. Yes. Um, That's funny. All right. Um, let me try and wrangle up a question. I had a question, but then it's gone. Um, how would you respond? Like you, you have a hypothetical child in nursery, and someone was trying to another person within the nursery was trying to tell them not to eat pork because it's um, haram. How would you respond to your child into that situation? Probably like, yo, your name Mohammed. <laughs> <laughs> To your like, child or to the person? To my child. He was in Mohammed. Are you Hamza? <laughs> <laughs> no, but jokes aside, um, I think by, by, by nursery, I would have started to already instill, you know, Christianity and, and gone into my child. Mm. And I'll just tell them, you know, not eating pork is something that Muslims believe in. And mm. we, are, we are not Muslims. And, you know, so Jesus says, well, you no, know, no, God said that we're allowed to eat any animal. But some animals are better to eat to eat than others. You know, don't go eating the dog, don't go eating the bats. Want to have some chicken and some beef, some pepperoni? Go for it. To your heart's content. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Are you Hamza, though? <laughs> um. <laughs> cool. All right, let's get into today's episode. Um, so I have currently been listening to an audiobook from <coughs> from Jordan Peterson. Twelve Laws for Life. 
Yes, twelve twelve laws for life. Yeah. Uh, for, for, for those who don't know, Jordan Peterson is someone who blew up in the past couple of years. Um, a Canadian psychologist. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and like his whole thing was that he didn't mind calling um, transgender people by their preferred pronouns, but he didn't want it to be something that he was forced to do, like by law. And then since then, he's he's blown up. He's um, going to give all these talks. Um, and he's like really caught on with like like males in their twenties and thirties about getting their lives together and he's, he's like really resonated with, with people. He's really good. He's really good. And he's 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 actually started to come to terms with like Christianity and, and like believing in God and stuff. And that's nice to watch as well. So it's great. So um in his book, um The Twelve Rules of Life, uh, I'm on chapter three. Uh, but chapter two was called treat yourself like someone worth looking after sure. and and like the idea behind that chapter was you know uh when it comes to like say pets you know um people make sure that if a pet is sick that will take as much as someone's supposed to be taken make sure it's looked after but when it comes to themselves um like getting them to look after oneself can can be such a struggle even though it's beneficial to you and so I wanted to just have a nice quick conversation about self-care and what that looks like and as a Christian how much how much importance should we be putting in self-care especially when we're also called to be like servants and go out and just be doing all these other things so so, so, so I guess the first question is where would you guys say you you are in uh, when it comes to self care. Mm. I think personally, for me, self care looks more like um, sort of taking care of the of the body and taking care of the tools that I need to interact with the world. So, um, staying on top of like health and fitness, food, fuel, stuff like that, um, mm. and also mentally like giving myself those things that for lack of a better word give me energy so if it's writing poetry if it's watching you know comedy whatever like giving myself the things that mentally give me a break and 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 refuel me or give me a room to give me room to refuel um that's what self-care looks like to me i think so fitness mentally and physically yeah 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 I agree. It's it's for me. It's along the same lines. Where so I see, I see. So um, I see the physical body and everything it comes with as part of my stewardship. So God has given me this this physical body as a gift, um, and the way that I interact with it is is me stewarding the gifts of God. So sometimes we can we can see the gifts of God as being money or being talents or being whatever, but I also see it as this physical body that I inhabit is is a gift from God. And I ought to not only do do I need to treat it as a gift, but I need to um tend and care for it. That it can also go on and like bear fruit, not just in reproduction, but bear fruit in terms of like getting the work done 
And if that means sleeping at the right times, if that means eating the right things, if that means stimulating the mind, stimulating the body, stimulating emotions, like stimulating everything that comes with the physicality of a body, I believe is, is part, for me, is part of my stewardship of, of what God has given me. And so I do see it as being vitally important. And if, if I am not in a good place, I can't serve those around me. Fundamentally, I can't serve my wife. I can't serve my children. I can't serve the community. I can't serve the church because I'm sick. I'm laying like I'm I'm out. Like it just won't happen. Or like I've got a mental break. Like whatever it is. Um, so I need to steward this body right. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of my heart towards stewardship. Um, the physical body. And has the way you look after yourself changed since getting married and having kids? Would you say? Um, I think it's, I think I wouldn't say it's because of getting married and having children. Um, I would more so say it's, it's due to growth in faith and recognizing, um, how all encompassing things are. Um, but in saying that, I recognize that this growth in faith has been, um, has taken into consideration the position that God has put me in. And so it's like he's utilized these, these things, God has utilized these things on my root, um, path of journey, um, growth. So I wouldn't say by virtue of this, but just as life has progressed, I have grown, I have learned more and like things have, have developed. But it definitely, it definitely impacts and enhances the way that I approach things, including my marriage and, and fatherhood and family and stuff, yeah. What about for yourself, Peter? Uh, I definitely think it's become, it, it has become a bit more important because I've been married, because I realise, like, on a day where I've, I've gone training or I've, I've, you know, taken care of myself in that sense, I am a better version of myself essentially and you know, I'm more up for stuff and helpful and not you know thingy whereas before it didn't so much matter how I felt if that made sense it was just I was going to get stuff done anyway but now because stuff like that how I'm feeling my mood because that affects other people I noticed that it's, it's actually much better it's actually much more important now mm-hmm. yeah but what what's what's taking care of yourself look like for you, brother? I, I imagine manicures, pedicures, spas. <laughs> Come on, I'm good. Need to need to be going to them shops, you know. Um, them, them, them Chinese ladies, you got the places. <laughs> oh, but it's, it's it's always the Chinese ladies. That's the it's their territory. Those stereotypes right there. But I actually went to a time saw space today. It's all the same. I'm joking. Well, I was quick to clarify. Now, what was it? What's it look like to you? You, you? you can tell the difference between a Thai person and a, and a Chinese person. Do you yeah. can tell the difference between a Ghanaian and a Nigerian? Yeah. Exactly. No, <laughs> so but, I, oh, okay. I couldn't tell. I couldn't easily tell the difference between Ghanaian and Nigerian. I could definitely. I couldn't. Def- definitely Thai and Chinese. I can. Maybe Thai and Vietnamese. I can't. But Italian Chinese, I can because they generally look quite significantly different. I think. Okay. We'll I won't. I, I won't lie. I won't lie. I, I will struggle. I will struggle. But I'm just trying to. Yeah. 
you could be correct. You know the ones that before you go down a rabbit hole where <laughs> Chinese Japanese, I can't. Chinese Japanese, I can't. But Chinese Vietnamese, I can't. Yeah, Korean, Korean Chinese, I think I'd struggle as well. Yeah. Peter has actually got like reference points. He's got images. That I'm, I'm thinking like, of people. So, no, I'm actually thinking of people. Yeah. You know what? I, I don't. I don't have specific people. I'm just like, what? I'm not even gonna call names because it's just it's just gonna go down wrong. So I'm not even gonna start. The only Chinese people, the only Japanese people I know from anime. So I don't think that's gonna help you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about um, Family Guy where Peter Griffin goes to Chinatown and then turns around and calls everyone Jackie Chan. <laughs> you guys are just wrong. You guys are just wrong. Well, I mean, if you, you, you guys probably are familiar with, <clears throat> excuse me, Jet Li, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Ong Bat Guy. Mm. Uh, what's his name? Oh, gosh. Ong Bat Guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, got, it's, it's vanished from me. Anyway. Yeah, so I can think of Thai people. I can think of, and and you see it in um in MMA as well. You can see, you can, I can clearly see the difference. Anyway, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Cool. As to me and South Kirch, can't lie. I'm in a place right now. I don't really know what it looks like. <laughs> and it shows. Oh mud, mud, mud. That that you know, was mud. You know, there was there was a time I was walking down the street, right? I'm just walking down the street. And you saw your reflection. And, uh, and then this lady came up to me. And she was like, Oh, do you need a meal? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not homeless. Thinking, oh no, um, we're offered food walking down the street. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah but yeah, the thing is, I do get a bit comfortable, maybe a bit too comfortable. But, you know, if you're comfortable, you're comfortable. My, but yeah, okay. at the minute, I feel like there's just too much going on for me to even think about self care. Mm-hmm. I just, I just. I just can't find, I can't fathom where the time would come from. Because like, even if I was chilling, even when I am chilling, there's always stuff in the back of my head where I know, okay, later on I need to do this, I need to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, apologies, I know it's not the topic, but I feel, I feel strongly I need to push back on it a little bit. Just because like, it becomes a law of diminishing the returns. Like, yeah, there's a lot to be done. But if you're not at, you know, 80%, not even 100, if you're not at 80%, then what you are getting done, you're not getting done effectively. Yeah. And so rest and sort of recovery becomes not just a luxury, but actually quite necessary to getting things done. If you yeah. get what I mean. Yeah. One thing about me is I'm very good at pushing, pushing things through. Mm. And... <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, man. <laughs> I said through, not in. <laughs> I was perfectly happy to have a good conversation and was just like... <laughs> Carry on, Robert, please. That's what she said. 
It's like, you know, remember Dragon Ball Z early days when when, when Goku was using the Kaioken technique? Mm-hmm. Where like he would have like that burst of energy and then afterwards he would just be mash up. Yeah. I feel like I feel like I'm 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 very good at operating like that. So like even if even mm-hmm. if I'm feeling fifty, sixty percent I can kill Ken to be able to get whatever task needs to be done and then just like crash afterwards. And and I know it's not the best, but right now that's what works. <laughs> Do you know what? I think I think there, there there was a time when like that that was feasible for me anyways. So there was a time when like working in Sainsbury's Bandit Bang night shift, come back home and do the most. And then blah blah blah, and then like just just keep riding it out. Um, but in the season of life that I'm in right now, bro, like when Noah's awake, the house is awake, and the energy that he comes with it, and the energy that Leia comes with it, and it's less, if when I when I feel slumped, like gems will say that the whole house there's like it shifts the energy in the whole house. Um. And so, yeah, there's 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 a season and a time in which that can come. But I, I definitely think there's something of, and I'm not necessarily saying that you're not doing this, but there's something of um, like time management and prior, prior, prioritization and like reorganizing stuff. And I think this is one reason as well where I I am very much adamant that I want to be a master of my own time. And this goes into like work and stuff where I have enough autonomy to be able to make things work around family and not have to make family work around things. Um, and so if it means moving something to one side, where I'll be able to get some rest and get the family back and stuff like that, to be able to do these things. Because, um, yeah, there, there is a real danger to be able to work to a point of burnout. And the funniest thing is the people who you are doing this for may appreciate the activities you're doing, but like fundamentally they can replace you um again i heard a story of a woman who was a carer and she was she got ready to go to work she was at the top of her stairs she fell down her stairs landed at the bottom dead like she was out so in the midst of trying to sort that out they had called her workplace to say that yo this person has passed away. After that phone call, the pe- people at work was like, ah, oh, that's really sad. Like, it's really sad to hear whoever had passed away. And then the very next statement was, so who, who, who are you going to have to come in instead? Mm. And it's very much like, when it comes to work, when it comes to these situations here, like, you're not irreplaceable. Like, they, they won't, yeah, they may have to go through interviews and blah, 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 but they can get someone else to do your job. But, the, like, your position in people's lives cannot be replaced. That's not true. That's not true. Well, maybe yours can, but... Nah. <laughs> I was going to say, I suspect it might not even be work for all that. There might be other stuff. Oh, possibly. It's everything. 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 Everything, like literally everything. Yeah. And, yeah. And so being on as little energy that I'm on, it means I 
anything that I, d- I absolutely don't have to do, <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> like, I'm sure I have, like, at least 25 WhatsApp messages that have not been opened. <laughs> Something to back to last year. <laughs> Mad. And they will not be opened. Man, them like you that I send it, like you send a person a message and then all two hours, like two days of that, you're still waiting on a response. I've fallen into that trap right now, but I hate man, them like that. Yeah, see, the, the, the funny thing is, if you start your message with Robert, I need you to do XYZ because I know you did this need, I'll answer it. When it's just like, hey, okay, how you doing? <laughs> like, bro, that can wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're doing yeah. it to yourself, but yeah, no, that's cool. This is this is yeah. not an intervention. Yeah. Ah. Oh. But yeah. What is? What do you think? How, how do you think God wants people to rest, or, or like Christians to rest? No. Fair question is, what do you think for a Christian is the work rest balance? Especially if you know what you're called, or if you have an idea of what you, God's called you to do in life. Uh, what what I could probably speak more confidently to is the fact that it's not supposed to be um, like like drop dead draining, mm. like like carry your cross, yes, and, and and you know there's there's suffering and there's all of that, but there's also Christ who says you know man was not made for the Sabbath, the Sabbath was made for man, you know, in response to people being like oh you know, people don't rest on the Sabbath and why are you healing on the Sabbath and stuff like that. So I, I think God wants us to work in his strength mm. or out of his strength. But then I also think God is concerned for our, and, and is knowledgeable of our limitations and thus built in rest mm. into our day-to-day. So, that, you know, he says, yeah, man, shall work six days and seven if you shall rest because God rested, like, yeah. So I, I think God's a lot more understanding than maybe some of our older legalistic uh, <laughs> preachers have been uh, have put it. And I think I think um, the place to start is definitely in prayer. <clears throat> the place to start examining what rest looks like for you personally is definitely in prayer, um, followed very closely with scripture. And then very closely after that with community. But I believe prayer and scripture should come before community because you're going to get some waste men saying stuff that don't quite correlate. But if you've got the prayer and scripture in place, then that that will then give you more of a foundation to be able to navigate the advice that people are giving you. Um, whilst recognizing that God does speak through community and even Solomon, the wisest man, had counselors around him who would always advise him as to things to do um so yeah we're not we're not islands but i think um i find it very intriguing that even as peter was saying god had god had almost like hardwired rest into the covenant with the with the the jews with the israelites it was like on a seventh day rest and it's like it, it was that God punished them because they did not rest. And then there was like, I think there was a seventh month rest. There was a seventh year rest. Yeah. And then yeah. there was a seven times seventh year rest. Yeah. 
And then even, even saying like, even let your land rest after seven years and trust that I will give you abundant crops to be able to, to like sustain you during that seventh year rest. And then there's this, and it's like the Jubilee. And then yeah, seventh year rest of the Jubilee. And then there's a Jubilee of Jubilees, which is the mm-hmm. 47th year or whatever. Yeah, 40, yeah, 49th yeah. year. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's just like, and even with the Jubilee, it still didn't negate the, the Sabbath. It still didn't negate all of it. It was in addition to. Um, I think I think that's one of the interesting things with rest is, Mo, you said it so so well. It's There is an element of trust mm. because rest almost seems like it's a waste of time. Like yeah. Especially if you look at today's hustle culture, especially, it's like, Rest all the time. Well, the time of your rest, you could be doing something. Mm-hmm. But then there is an element of trust that actually the thing that God has said we should do, if I do it, I'm not wasting my time and it shall be possible. So yeah. it's interesting that that correlation as well. And it's, I, I find a beautiful balance where it's like, and it's, it's um, I think it was John Piper who pointed this out where within the Western world, we've got this weekday, weekend sort of mentality where we work for five days and we rest for two. Mm. But biblically, we see God working for six days mm. and then resting on the seventh. Mm. Um, and so there's almost this, this like, God actually encourages us to work um, longer than the current work week or whatever. Now, that mm. work isn't necessarily your nine to five or anything like that. It's like, the six day rest may be like family stuff, maybe doing what's required around the house and blah, blah, blah. Like there's different categories of rest, but uh, categories of work. But when it comes to rest, it's literally like putting everything down. And there's, there's a fundamental part of the Sabbath, which we haven't mentioned yet, but it's actually taking that time to pause and remember who God is and what he has done for you. And so there's that element of, like, it's not just resting as I'm just going to lay in bed and chill, but there's that element of resting where it's actually, like, intentionally pausing and meditating on who God is and how he's carried you through and his faithfulness over the past couple of days or however long um, as part of that rest. And then when you start the week again, you're almost starting to feel a position of God has carried me through, God has taken me through all of this, he has been faithful. I can work from this place of rest. And so you're not then working from a space of, <clears throat> I need to get all of these things done, or I need to make this happen, but God is going to get make these things happen through me <coughs> within this time. So yeah, it's it, when, we, when we prioritize rest, it really shifts our emphasis and it actually allows us to be able to see what should be prioritized. Um, yeah. Why did God need rest if God is self-sufficient? Or did he just have a day of rest so that we could have a day of rest? That's, that's a good question. Um, I think Pia was about to say something. Oh, no, I, I legit think it was for us. I think mm. because like, you think of what God did and you know, he spoke things into being. I got his hands dirty with human beings. And then that was, not to say that was it. I mean, that's significant, but I don't think God was tired. Mm. Is the thing. I think God chose to rest to set 
um, that precedent for us, those that he created. And and it's, he says as much, he's like, you know, God did six days and rested, so you do mm-hmm. six days and rest. And it's like, you know, in the same way, I might say to my daughter, okay, <clears throat> you brush your teeth in the morning, whereas maybe I don't care, or I've got dentures, or I've got all my teeth replaced, I don't need to. I'm doing it for her to set an example for her or something. Mm-hmm. And that's how I sort of see it. I don't think God was tired. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I I don't I don't think God was tired either. Um, but I don't I don't I'm like thinking about it now. I don't think I think there was an element of modeling what rest is, but I also think that God actually took a step back, um, metaphorically, and just like just observed what he had spent this time doing. Um, he saw it was good. Yeah, like almost that that sort of thing where it's just like sitting back and just enjoying what I have just worked for um, and resting in that. Um, as Peter said, I don't, God didn't need rest. God doesn't tire. God isn't like us where he needs to like recharge his batteries and stuff. Um, but I do believe, I, I do believe that that was showing something of God's nature as well as giving us something to model. Um, mm. So I do, I do, I don't know why God would need to quote unquote rest, but I do believe that there, it, it reveals something of Him, even as it reveal, it gives us something to model as well. So it's, it's almost like Jesus waking up early to go pray. Yes, that gives us a model to be able to be like, yo, like we need to prioritize prayer, but it was something that was fundamentally important to Him as well. Um, and so there's there's that where it's like he didn't just do it to give us something to like mimic, but in him doing it, he has given us something to mimic. Mm. And when it comes to like church work and stuff, where do you think that leaders or churches should be put the emphasis when it comes to like workers working in church? Because I think we or maybe seen examples where it's very few people doing like the bulk of the work. Mm. What what does like a healthy ecosystem look like? Maybe in a position where there, there might not be that many people available to work. You think there should be less church or people just have to bite down until things get easier and, and, and more people come and make themselves available. So so I've 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 got a th- I've got a a theory. A half-baked theory. Okay. Um, and my theory is like, what what would it look like to to value and honor people's time in a way that, like, I will only ever get you serving. Like, I, I would hardwire cutoff points for people serving within a month or within a period, whether it's quarterly, whether it's monthly, whatever it may be, I would hardwire cutoff points for these service, um, for your service. And so the cutoff may be you're only allowed to serve like two times across the different across the different um, departments. departments within the church um, within a month or three times within a month. Um, that's much better for you. Um, you only so there's there's that hardwire cut off, and as soon as you hit that boom, like you can't do anything else. 
and then just be like, all right, and tell the church that, like, I really value your time, blah, blah, blah. You're only going to do this. And we, this is our church. So I want everyone kind of mucking to be able to get things done. Um, and as soon as we hit that, things aren't going to be done. And if no one is chipping in. We're just going to have to live with it. So it's like, cool. X, Y, and Z were doing the... We're like cleaning up and blah blah blah. That's if you don't have staff, staff for you to clean like Um these people were cleaning up. Now there's no one to clean up. Do not be surprised if you come into the church with last week's rubbish on your chair. <laughs> you know, like that. Like this this is the reality of the situation. Or it could be a case of there's no one on lower, make sure your seat is tidy or put your seat at the back. So if you come into church, grab a seat, bring it to the front. When you're done, put it back, tidy up, and then go home. Um, and so almost working these things into the service itself to just emphasize that like, this, this is our church. And no one person is going to make it work. Um, yeah, because I, I really dislike the church models where certain individuals who are more eager and enthusiastic get their lives sucked out of them with service and stuff and I really dislike it. I've, I heard of a story of a guy who, actually I didn't hear, like the guy told me himself, the guy was serving the church to the point where his wife was, was at her wits ends like, are you in the marriage with me or the church? Mm. And the guy just had to like try to and the thing is as well, when it, some people, when it comes to their leaders, they, they feel guilty saying no. They feel guilty saying, I can't do this, I can't do that. Um, and sometimes the leaders feel the same way too. Yeah, yeah. So if, if, there's, if there's like paid stuff, then I would almost factor in different things into their roles. And so like if there's a youth worker, then I'd factor in like, packing away, setting up, blah, 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 into their time and like into their pay and stuff. But if there isn't, then I'm like, yo, we all got to chip in. So it may not even be a rotor thing. It may just be when you come in and grab your chair, like everyone helps pitches in. If you come late, then you've got to stay back late and help tidy up and stuff. Like it is what it is. Um, but really try to form a sense of community and cohesiveness, which may restrict numbers because if you've got a church of like a thousand people, um, then it may be a bit more tricky and cumbersome to try to make this work. But if the church has got 20 people, it's a lot more easier to manage. Um, so, yeah. But as I said, as I said it's a half-baked um, thought. Oh, no, no. I, I think that's the making of like a good idea. So, like, I know in some churches, they have, have like, rotors. Mm-hmm. where like, they'll, they'll have maybe three or four teams. And then what, and then what, what, what team is working each week of the month? Yeah, yeah. And so everyone's only like really working once a month. Yeah. Did you hear the question, Peter? Um, how rest factors into church, church work, stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. So like, how should church create like a healthy ecosystem for their workers? That yeah. stuff gets done, but also people get an adequate amount of rest from serving in the church. Yes, that's for me, and it might sound a bit. I'm selling something, but that's why I really believe in the fivefold. 
one in a five-fold sort of um, uh, structure that I believe God put in place for his church, such that nothing ever falls on one person or a particular group of people. And I think that's exactly what Mo was, you know, referring to when he said you have some churches where, you know, the person that is a little bit more um, available or a little bit more enthusiastic about doing something has to do everything. You know? um, I, I don't believe that's the case. I, I believe God, for every church, if, if we're all parts of the body, then there's representation of all those parts in the body in the church. And so it all comes down to all of us, you know, sort of sorting things out. And, and of course, there might be, you know, there'll be people that are a bit more enthusiastic. There'll be days where there aren't that many people available mm-hmm. when, you know, we kind of pick the slack up for each other. But I don't think it should ever be a case where anyone's getting exhausted, for instance, from church work. I don't think that's how God designed it to be. Um, and I also don't think um, it's right or fair for leaders to sort of put that on people. Because I've mm-hmm. seen leaders where, you know, someone's not able to come to church or the person that's normally, you know, doing ABC for a couple of weeks can't do ABC. And then the leaders are going to them like, oh, don't don't backslide. Like, what? Oh. You know, oh, backslide or, is hand onto your face. <laughs> ladies are like, ladies are doing something. Oh. I, I say ladies because it's the example of being with ladies, but you know, it, it's been like, oh, don't 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 make God don't don't make God regret doing something. It's like, what? <laughs> I, I I don't believe that's I don't believe that's how it's supposed to be at all. Yeah. You know, I, I like that. I like that um, answer because it almost Peter didn't hear my answer because he was swapping devices. But it almost um, it marries well with mine because I was very much coming from a a congregation perspective, but Peter's almost come with the leadership perspective, where it's like um, this needs to be modelled within the leadership yeah. for it yeah. to become part of the culture and then be embodied by the congregation as well. And so where the leadership are seen to be like resting or seen to be, I can't do this this week, and that being on it, or even having a multiplicity of leadership where it's very much like, oh, cool, like this person can't do this, that's fine. Um, we're going to, like, we're allowing him this space and this time to be able to, and just recognizing that, like, people are people. Their capacities are going to fluctuate. Their enthusiasm is going to fluctuate. And that's fine. Um, they're not going to accuse you of backsliding or blah, blah, blah. Um, if there is an issue, rather than accusing you, we're going to have to try to walk beside you and see if we can help, um, as opposed to that trying to put you on blast. And so once we have that embodied within the leadership, it then trickles into the community because they almost see it lived out. And then they feel they have the permission and the license to be able to model that as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, and I, and again, that that's almost what I kind of see God and Jesus doing. But it's like this is the culture that I want, but it's not so much. I'm going to do this just to model it. But I'm going to live it out, and then it, they will model it by seeing me living it out. Um, because even the the years of jubilee, God is still like, I will provide. So even though it's a jubilee, God is still actively providing. 
um, which technically was work, but it's still within that that like season of rest and trusting in him. Um, so yeah, and plus I think rest for us looks very different than what rest to God would be, because God doesn't get tired, God doesn't get fatigued, God doesn't like we do. We go to sleep, like we do all of these things. Um, unless you're Peter or Batman um, like we sleep um, but God doesn't and so I think rest looks very different for God um, than what it does for us but there's still that model you, you say unless you're Peter but this very afternoon like I literally felt God push me and I took a 45 of life <laughs> like, normally I just push through and I'd crash, I'd be crashing from like about one to three. But I just literally at 12 o'clock was just like, okay, I need to go and take a nap. Went, took a nap, came back and was just like, oh, like a new, new lease on life. So, oh, yeah. And you know what? Like the one thing that really strikes me and I love it is that there are segments within, I think it's Kings and Chronicles. I think it's Kings where it speaks about there was one part that spoke about the king woke up from his afternoon nap. And it re- I really love it because it said it as though that was his norm. That's what he like regularly did. He had an afternoon mm. nap mm. as opposed to it was something that didn't happen. Oh, today he chose to take a nap. No, it's like he woke up from his afternoon naps. And even with um, David, like there, there were times that it mentions him having naps, and I'm just like, this is a man of war. Like these are kings. These are blah blah blah. And yeah, and them are still taking naps. I'm like, yo, us man, let's take naps, yo. And then we can be men of war. Hey. So yeah, but but in saying that. Um, I do want to double back to rest being something that is individual Um, because it's like sometimes you need a nap sometimes you may actually need a walk in in like outside sometimes you may need to do something creative sometimes you may need to change just change your ceiling to be re-energised for extroverts it may be oh I actually need to go see my family for introverts, and maybe I've seen my family enough, I need to go read a book. Um, it is individual, and I think that in order to rest, you actually need to know yourself and know who you are. Um, in order to rest appropriately and rest in a way that well, not appropriate, rest effectively. And I believe that starts with cultivating a relationship with God, which fundamentally is through prayer and His Word and through community. Um, and as you do that, the more you grow the more you, you start to recognise the importance of, of rest and Sabbath in your life and how you actually go about doing that. Yeah. Amen. Oh. That'd be a nice place to round up. Yeah. Oh. Hookups? Do we have hookups? Yeah, can I can I go first with hookups? Yes, sir. So my hookup is a YouTube channel called Caught in Providence. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's a, uh, it's like Judge Ju- J- 
Judge Duty, but um, wholesome edition. <laughs> <laughs> so the judge is this uh, Italian dude, uh, Frank Caprillo or DiCaprio or Caprio. Um, and it's just, I stumbled upon it and it's like, you know, those feel good stories. The judge, people are normally coming in for like traffic violations, red lights, speeding tickets. I've seen it, I've seen it, I've seen it. Yeah, but he's just... I didn't know the YouTube channel, but I've seen a couple of videos. And dude is just much more compassionate and understanding. He's like, okay, so you you ran the red light. Can you tell me anything about it? You know, and it's like, you know, they'll give him the reason why and... You know, he's he's just that he's really good. He he's it's just a really nice, feel good sort of thing. And he's he's fair as well. If if you need a fine, he'll give you the fine. But it's like he's never really trying to he's never out to get someone. So it's really it's really cool. Check it out. Court in Providence. Um yeah, that's my whole thing. Um so mine is a artist. If, as soon as I mention his name, Peter's gonna Peter might get gassed, but yeah, it's an artist. His name is Cutler. Um, <laughs> he he's a lo-fi artist. So if if you're looking to get in, into that like, lo-fi and stuff, if you're already in it, check out Cutler. Um, K U P L A. Um, just check him out. Dave, you um, Spotify have got a mix. Um, that is is dope, and his like his um bio on Spotify, he just says something simple like, I make emotional instrumentals. Um, but when you listen to his music, they're very emotive and they're very chill. I haven't found another um, lo-fi artist who can quite hit the emotive music just quite as he does it. Um, there's a certain feel and vibe that he has that I haven't, I haven't come across somewhere else. Um, and yeah, yeah, it, it just, yeah. So Kapla. His stuff's on YouTube as well, if you want to look there. He looks like he's having a jolly good time. Um, okay, so my hookup... Peter's having artist. a private conversation. All right, talk about... No, I'm just watching, I'm watching my wife slowly die. <laughs> 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 we're, we're so sick in this house. Everyone's so ill. It's so weird. My hookup is artist, but the drawing kind. He is an artist. He's on Instagram. He's called Reno Tuna. So that's okay. R-I-N-O-T-U-N-A. Is that how you spell tuna? Yeah. <laughs> and I think he's Korean. And so what he does is like he'll take like normal everyday things, like Ooh. animals and things, and then turn them into people. Yeah, so if, if, if I can put this to the screen. So yeah, I'm, I'm seeing some of these still. Man took a dog and turned into a man and owl. He took a kiwi. A He's on Twitter as well. He took Persil, a, pers- a, a bottle of Persil, turned it into a person. So like, he's very creative in what he does. And yeah, just just just, just like seeing, seeing him taking something and then turning it into something amazing and crazy. It's just so fun to see whenever he pops up on my feet. Yeah, so we know the tuna. I'm looking at his um, Rottweiler that he turned into a character and it just reminded me of Snoop Dogg. <laughs> but I was like, I'm happy you didn't fall into the stereotypes. Mm-hmm. 
There's even a kiwi. Yeah, the kiwi one was sick. Yeah. There's a there's a wasp, a honeybee. I yeah, Purcell. Purcell's hard. <laughs> yeah, anyway, let's round up. Um shout to me to the intro I've got, I've, music. I've got a quick update. I've got a quick update. I've got a quick update. For you guys. Um, okay. so I've been I checked out uh J. Cole. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Which one? The um, off season. Off season, the off season. Uh, On one. There's some of his videos and I tend to watch a lot of breakdown videos. Um, one breakdown guy in particular. And dude can rap. Dude can rap. So just wanted to drop that there. Yeah, Welcome to the team. I don't, I'm not I'm not on Welcome to, the team. Welcome to the team. Don't worry, that's that's how it starts. Yeah, you have to go to the time. beginning. You have to go to the beginning and then work your way through the the the, the Don't worry, he, he's, he's going to be wearing I mean, a J Cole t shirt in a couple of weeks. In all fairness, in all fairness, I'm not actually watching his videos. I'm watching breakdowns of his videos because I'm only interested in like the art of it. Of it, but yeah, there you go. Don't worry. Don't worry. He's going to have a he's going to have a beanie hat and all sorts in a couple that's weeks. That, that's how it starts. <laughs> Cool. Uh, shout out to Rich for the intro outro music. Calvin Turner for the ordinary amazing logo. You can find us on Twitter at Furnace UK, Instagram TBS Furnace. You can find us at SoundCloud.com forward slash back Furnace no apostrophe. On all good podcast websites, apps including Spotify and iTunes. Black Lives Matter apostrophe. That's it. Lizard. That is it. Cool. This is the Blacksmith's Furnace signing out. Blah.